0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Friend of a Friend. It's your host, Olivia Perez. In case you missed last week's episode, and if you did, I highly recommend going and checking it out after this because it's with the iconic, the one and only Jenna Lyons. I mentioned in the intro that I'm going to start answering some of your questions in the intro of every episode. I'm still going to be doing my monthly AMAs, but these are just some fun questions to hold you guys over. If you want to submit a question, leave a review on our podcast page and also while you're at it, if you feel like saying something nice, go for it. But I'll be answering them live on the show If you want to remain anonymous, you absolutely can. I can answer life advice questions, career advice questions, whatever it is, and I'll answer them before the episode. And super excited to see the questions that come through. Today's episode is with Davis Burleson, and if you're like me, you are a massive fan of his. If you happen to be walking through Washington Square Park at any given time, you might just get lucky and spot Davis at work. He'll have his microphone in hand and cameraman in tow. He'll run up to any random stranger and ask them an obscure question they actually bare their soul to him on camera. He'll ask questions like, how much does your outfit cost? Or does your ex need therapy? And some of these videos have garnered over 20 million views. In 2021, Davis launched the interview style show What's Popping on TikTok. And in just one year, he has a community of over 2 million followers. He works as an interviewer for brands like Warner Brothers and Tory Burch. And he just nabbed a spot as a serious SiriusXM host. In this episode, Davis and I go to sit down and talk about what it has been like building a hit show, following your curiosity, and what he thinks is popping today. I hope you guys loved today's episode. If you haven't followed the show yet, find us wherever you listen to your podcast, and make sure you follow us, rate, and leave a review. And of course, go follow Davis on TikTok at What's Poppin' Show. Thanks for tuning in, and have an incredible week ahead, everyone. Here's my friend, Davis Prossin. Hey Davis.
0: Hi, how are you? I'm
1: so great. I'm so happy to see you here in LA. Welcome to the West Coast.
0: Thank you. I'm so excited to be in Los Angeles. I haven't been here in like four years.
1: I always find that interesting. Okay, maybe I do this, but every time I go somewhere where I haven't been in a long time, I get incredibly nostalgic and think about like my past self. Has that happened to you since you've been
0: here? So when I was landing in the plane, I was like listening to music. I I think I was listening to a few older songs and I got this like, weird memory or weird feeling of my past self when I from the last time I came to LA I used to come to LA a lot because I almost went to college here so we toured it like three different times okay. where did you want to go I wanted to go to originally a USC and UCLA okay. but I would never have gotten in there so then Loyola Marymount I cool. really wanted to go
1: there LMU is great
0: yes I got in oh, and I also got at Pepperdine as well I oh, got into both I'm of a those. Malibu
1: girl so yeah I'm a big Pepperdine cheerleader yeah a yeah. lot
0: is so beautiful it's gorgeous. sometimes I'm like I wish I don't know But but, you know, can't change it.
1: I can assure you that if you went to Pepperdine, you would not be doing what you're doing right now.
0: Okay, thank you. So, if
1: that gives you any consolation for you, it seems like you've had a pretty ambitious last two years. Right, I I know. know That would have worked for
0: you. (laughs) Thank you. But no, when I landed, I got this like flashback of, I've always been like a huge fanatic for like celebrity and celebrity culture and pop culture. And- Checks out. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and when the, the, the past times I came to LA, all I cared about was meeting a celebrity or running into celebrities while I was here. I had like these apps that was called like celebrity spotting. So I would be tracking it all day to wow. find where celebrities were. And me and my family went to Craig's LA, which I'm sure you've heard of. Mm-hmm. And when we got there, there were a bunch of paparazzi waiting outside. And I was freaking out because I was like, who is... who is here, who is going to come out of these doors. So what I did was my whole family went inside. They sat down. They all ate dinner like normal people. And I waited outside with the paparazzi by myself for two hours. I didn't eat dinner with my family. I just sat out there outside Craig's and uh, I got a photo of Bailey Madison. Mm -hmm. Oh,
1: wow. Yeah, she's great. I love her. She is great. Very, very (laughs) nice. How does it feel now to be here knowing that you would probably be paparazzi?
0: I mean, it was weird because, I don't know, I don't know. I don't think I would ever get paparazzi right now, but... Uh, Excuse
1: me, I saw that video of you getting to TIFF. It was wild. Oh, yeah,
0: I know. That was crazy. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. Don't
1: underestimate yourself, okay? Thank you,
0: Thank Every you. paparazzi
1: needs to get their shot.
0: Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I know, it was pretty weird.
1: <laughs> well, welcome to LA. What do you have lined up?
0: Thank you. I'm doing... Uh, I'm here for Harry Styles' movie premiere, My Policeman. So I'm doing... Uh, <laughs>
1: Do you need a plus one? Just let me know. Like, I would
0: love to take you. Oh, my like, God.
1: Just let me know. I yeah,
0: know. I will. I will. If, if I can, if I can get you one. No, but, don't um, worry. Do your job. But, but I've anyways, host, I'm hosting the um the like the fan experience outside. Cool. And those Harry fans, they don't mess around.
1: I never thought they messed around. No, no, no. I don't think they, anybody they, listening they, thinks they mess around.
0: They take it serious. So when I went to TIFF, I went to Canada, Toronto for right. eight hours just to go to, to the Toronto premiere for My right. Policeman Harry's movie and the fans were out of control. The screaming, I had to like plug my ears because they're that loud. They're that crazy. And it's it's so exciting. So I'm excited to see what the LA fans are like.
1: That's so exciting. Congratulations. You You have so much going on right now. You just became a new host on SiriusXM, which is like, I'm personally fangirling because that is such a dream of mine. So I'm just like, that is so cool. How has it been going?
0: Thank you. It's been so much fun. And I've only been doing it for about a month and a half. Okay. And I cannot tell you how much I've learned just in this matter of time. Yep. I, It's a new creative outlet for me because this is the first time ever where I'm not on camera and I'm not having to use my facial reactions or my body language. I have to use only my voice to my advantage. So I've been speaking a little differently, using different words. I feel like I've gotten a better vocabulary because I, I and I can't say like anymore. You know, I've been learning a lot. It's so much fun. I really, really enjoy it, and I've been doing in-person interviews as well. I do twice a month. I do interviews with musicians in like the XM studio. So I just did Charlie Puth. I just did Megan. Oh, <laughs> he's the best. And then a Megan Trainer and Louis Capaldi. So um, it's it's really, really cool and really surreal.
1: That is so amazing. I... Did you grow up listening to radio?
0: Yes, of course.
1: Okay, in LA we had one hundred two point seven Kiss FM with Ryan Seacrest, and he is a huge for me, he's like a hero of mine in radio. I love what he's done with his career. And it's so interesting looking at radio and seeing it. Radio life is so different. It's like the antithesis of what we do today. Like everything we do today is like face forward, personality, TikTok, Instagram, all that radio is like you have to have personality, but it's such a skill because you have to have personality just through your voice. Right. And it's like you just have to connect in that way. You know what I mean?
0: Right. It's also pretty similar to podcasting as well, too. When I first started, they had these meetings with me probably every couple few days giving me critiques. Mm. And I'm pretty good with constructive criticism. Like I like, give it to me exactly how it is and I will change. I will do it. But the first thing they said to me was you speak way too fast.
1: That's a problem down. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And what I learned, too, is on the radio, people are in their cars. They're not actively listening. They're loosely listening, which is a term. They're they're focusing on driving the car. But in the background is the radio playing. It's right. not they're not just only thinking about what's what's being played on the radio. So you got to go really slow and catch their atten- attention as much as possible.
1: It's so interesting to hear you say that because I was reading your New York Times article and something that I love that you said was that you don't want there to be a moment of silence in any of your videos. Yeah. And I totally get that because anything, I feel like the biggest piece of advice that I've gotten recently that is like consistent, every person gives it to me. It's what's super catchy, what is identifiable to you, personality, big, like jump off the screen. And to me, that feels really relative to what you do. And it just feels like so eye-catching and so quippy and I'm immediately locked into what it is you're doing. So it must be really interesting now, the dichotomy of those two things to have to kind of lean into the silence a little bit.
0: Yeah, it's been weird to like adjust and to go back and forth because in the morning I'm doing my radio job, then in the afternoon I'm filming my show. So it's kind of like I'm adjusting to the different types of speaking. But uh, yeah, no, it's cool. It's, It's really, really cool.
1: Well, something that I, I went to NYU for journalism and something that a journalism teacher taught me was that sometimes the best moments come out of silence.
0: Right. No, the, the, the gems come out when you let them speak. You know, they kind of, I like to say, like some people crack under the pressure. You know, when you have a microphone right. in somebody's face, they will say the craziest things. And I feel like that's why sometimes my videos go super viral. Other ones where people say stuff that it's kind of like, what the hell are you saying? Oh my gosh. I cannot believe this came out of your mouth.
1: We'll be back after the break. A few episodes ago, I shared that I was in an era of new rituals, I'm taking new vitamins, using new beauty products, and I genuinely feel so much better. And I think that's a testament to the fact that building out those self-care moments for you every day are so important. I want to share one of the things that I've been using in this new self-care routine. It's the Kate MacLeod Body Stone. The Body Stone is a solid body moisturizer that glides on like silk and nourishes dry skin, leaving your skin visibly soft, supple, and glowing. It's become one of my favorite parts of my shower routine. After I get out of the shower, I rub it onto my skin. It genuinely feels like butter, and my skin has actually never looked better. I keep getting the compliment, oh my god, your skin is so soft, and there's truly no better compliment to get. The waterless formula is concentrated with powerful, natural ingredients for results that you can see and feel. And a little goes a long way, which I love because it feels way more sustainable. All you need is a few swipes for long-lasting moisture. By removing water from its formula, Kate McLeod is able to create sustainable packaging, reduce its carbon footprint, and avoid some of the biggest culprits of waste in the beauty industry. The Body Stone uses an innovative refill system that is completely plastic free. Purchase a starter kit and refill over time with your favorite Kate McLeod Body Stone. When used regularly, the Body Stone provides a welcome moment of self-care, which I've been enjoying so much. Even in the busiest of lifestyles, it truly feels like everyday magic. From a magical application to sustainable packaging, the Body Stone is luxury redefined. Treat yourself to a moment of self-care. Use code FRIEND at checkout for 20% off your first purchase. Visit com. Enjoy. Now let's get back to the show. So you've had an insane two years. I learned that two years ago, you were a driver for DoorDash. Yeah. And today you are hands down one of the biggest TikTokers. Your show <laughs> has gone completely viral. The amount of people that I told that I was doing this interview with you, they were like, oh, my God, his show is so funny. I actually caught my boyfriend like scrolling through your TikTok for a good 40 minutes last night. And I was like, hey, I'm over here.
0: I actually, it's so funny. That's like one of the most common things I get is I cannot stop watching you late at night. I just keep going. 3 a.m. It's like you just keep scrolling. Yeah.
1: But you've had an explosive two years. What got you into content to begin with?
0: Ever since I was little, I've always been fascinated by entertainment. I always wanted to be an entertainer and also just fascinated by pop culture in general. And then whenever YouTube was really popping off, especially like the lifestyle vlogging era, which is still kind of going on, but like when it was really popping off, I became obsessed. Like with Alicia Marie and like Remy Cruz, all these vloggers that I was obsessed with. And I was like, that is going to be me. I'm going to be a vlogger, but I can't do it until after I graduate college because No one can make fun of me once I graduate college because I was so nervous of people making fun of me. But I always knew I wanted to do content like that was my goal, and I wanted to do YouTube. So then, when COVID happened, I was a senior in high school, and wow,
1: I'm so sorry.
0: (laughs) No, it's okay. (laughs) My
1: sister was a senior in high school too, and it was really challenging for her to like, you know, not graduate and all that stuff too. So I always apologize because I just feel like that's a tough thing to go through.
0: Right? It was a weird, weird time, but honestly, I'm grateful for that time because we. I wasn't in college and I wasn't in school, so they, I basically had nothing to do, and I was just quarantining. And so I, they announced that school was officially canceled. I wasn't going back to high school, and uh, TikTok was really, really booming at the time. It still is, but it was really popping off. And I just started making videos in my room, and I was like, I treated it like my job. So I was like, I would wake up every morning, get my coffee, go on a run, and then I would, I would say, I'm going to make five videos every single day for wow. as long as I can until it becomes my actual job. That was like my goal from the very beginning is like I want to do this for my job. So then I started to do that. And then throughout COVID, it just kind of started to grow and grow and grow.
1: I find that people really put themselves out on a limb during COVID. And I hate to be having a conversation about COVID on the podcast because I feel like we've had a lot of conversations about that. But I feel like even with my show, like seeing so many friends start things and really put themselves out on a limb. It was kind of like it was a judgment free zone.
0: It was because you were in your house. No, you didn't have to see anyone and you don't have to hear the judgment of others. It was kind of just like you and your thoughts and your creativity. And
1: which, it's amazing that TikTok came around at the same time.
0: Yes, very grateful for that. Yeah. Because if it didn't, if it wasn't going around, I probably wouldn't have had the courage to, you know, put myself out there and do it, you know in high school, I did broadcasting. And so I was always editing videos on like actual yeah. editing softwares. And so for my videos on TikTok, I like to for my personal video on my personal account when I do vlogs and get ready with me and stuff. I always like to like go the extra mile and like edit it on my computer and like do fun edits yep. and stuff. But I noticed that like that doesn't really perform as well because people don't like the curated. They want it to feel as if you posted it five seconds ago and didn't think about it once just click. Totally post. agree. If they can tell that you spent an hour editing your video, they're like, no, like, no.
1: I'm sure that broadcast class also came in handy for what you do now.
0: Yes, it very much came in handy. I did the announcements every morning in school, too. So I would be like, good morning, guys. The football team won last night, 40 to 6. Like, congratulations. You know, so I I, kind of did that every day. And that was really fun. So kind of got it was my stepping stone.
1: And you're from Texas, right? Yes. That sounds... So fun. We didn't have high school announcements. Really? Yeah, no, I would have loved that.
0: Yeah, no, it was really fun.
1: I worked on the yearbook, but that's about it. (laughs)
0: Yeah, so did I. I loved. Literally, instead of sports in high school, I did yearbook, photography, and broadcasting. Me too. Really?
1: There you go. Oh my
0: God, what did you do in yearbook?
1: I covered everything for seniors. So, like, I did all of the, like senior portraits and like senior profiles yeah. and like whatever senior news were happening whether it was like seniors won an award or the basketball team won something or whatever it was fun I, I made know. me the cool kid that hung out with seniors i
0: loved it i mean yearbook is the cool i mean people like like to you know make fun of yearbook people yearbook people are great yearbook people are great and also it's like you had a full time job while you were in high school also be nice to... to yearbook
1: people they're going to give you like a big photo on a page and you're going to love it
0: huh yes i yeah. always made sure that i had a lot of photos in the yearbook yeah it's like
1: a secret in <laughs> yeah, yeah, like secret don't skip inn. out on the yearbook people. don't skip out
0: don't skip out No no, no,
1: no. <laughs> So you're doing content. It's COVID. Whole year goes by. And What's popping starts to come together in 2021. Yes. How did that happen? I know that a company approached you, but mm-hmm. tell us the story of how it came together.
0: Yeah. So I was doing on my personal account, Davis Burleson, I was doing a lot of impressions and vlogs about New York and different lifestyle stuff. And then this company, Fallen Media, approached me, sent me an email and called me in for a meeting and I was so excited. I had never gotten an email like this before. So I went in for the meeting and I was on the phone with my dad before, like preparing and what to say. And I go in and they kind of pitched the idea to me of what's popping. And I didn't have a name yet, but they kinda pitched a show, doing more of a game show about truth mm. or dare and never have I ever and pitched all these things. And I was totally down for it. And they asked me, they're like, Are you comfortable talking to strangers? And I was like, yeah, totally, completely lying. I just wanted the job. So bad.
1: absolutely. You fake it till you make fake it. Fake it till
0: you make it. And then they hired me like on the spot. Wow. And then we kind of started the show. And then it took it was a lot of trial and error. But then I mean so we started like the game show kind of aspect to right. it. And then quickly, probably within about a week or two, I was like, Can I just do random questions about what I care about? And then they were like, Yeah, let's just try it and see what happens. And then within a week, it kind of just popped off. No pun intended.
1: I mean, we can keep saying that. Yeah. Because we can it, just, saying it works. It, it works. It's the show, you know, if the shoe fits. <laughs> It's so interesting to me because I've actually had a few different people on the show who are what I like to call like New York, like anthologists almost. We had Watching New York. I don't know if you know Watching New York. He's a Brooklyn Street style photographer? I haven't had Humans of New York on, but I love Humans of New York. They've been around since I was in college. And I think about your show and I think about Billy on the Street and I think about all these shows that are so impactful for people. People love them. They garner millions of views. They're so successful. And what I love is that there is room for so many. It's not like just one can exist. Yeah. What do you think it is about? Just this type of show that really resonates with people right now in the content landscape.
0: I think what resonates so much is seeing a complete stranger's interaction with 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 somebody else and hearing somebody's random opinion about anything. It could be literally anything, and uh, kind of shows that you know everyone has an opinion on something, you know, and hearing somebody else's voice. And for for me, for my show is I wanted to give every stranger a stage about any topic. So that's why I kind of, you know, it's always a fun little conversation and kind of I love to have people give their opinions because it's always very intriguing to hear what somebody what somebody's going to say about, you know, what's your opinion on, you know, the new Balenciaga bag and they like it or not. I don't care. I just want to hear what you're going to say, you know.
1: It's also fun because you basically have made Washington Square Park your office, which was also my office for so long because I went to NYU and I lived on Washington Square Park. And I have so many memories of like running across that park, being late for class. And I moved to New York and had like no idea what seasons were because I had never experienced them growing up in L.A. So it was like December and there was snow on the ground. And I was like in my cute little Zara heels running across the park. And I love Washington Square Park because I feel like, one, anything goes. Mm -hmm. And every personality on the entire planet is in that park at any given moment.
0: Exactly. So many different stories. Everyone has a story to tell in there.
1: It's also really fun because that park has such... There are specific people that have been in that park for like decades almost that hang out there all the time and are like, Staples of the park. Like there's that guy that's always in the in the fountain, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. There's the park characters. Yeah. And I recently have been told that I'm officially a park character. That's huge
1: for you. I think you're actually the youngest park character Thank to you. ever exist. I'm very
0: excited about it. Yeah, what, that's do I get a huge... an award? Like what what happens?
1: I don't think you need a physical award. I mean, I don't know. That's a pretty big one. Thank you. Yeah, especially because these are all like there's like the chess guy. Yes. When I was younger, there was the pigeon man who unfortunately passed away when I was at school, but mm. he would stand on the opposite side of the park, so Washington Square East by where the Starbucks is yes is it's still there mm-hmm. yeah and i think they renovated it so i didn't know but he would stand there every day like a scarecrow waiting for kids to come to class and there would be a hundred pigeons on him <laughs> but congratulations that's a huge accolade thank you i don't know you're probably gonna do a lot of great things but that one's i don't know That out there. it's
0: really really cool because it, i never even when i started i did not even imagine of as to where it would go right especially because when i started i was like I'm getting, I'm getting paid. I'm in college and I'm getting paid. This is so exciting. I have a job. And then it kind of just like took off and I was like, oh my God, I had no idea this was going to happen.
1: We'll be back right after the break. Believe it or not, the holidays are actually right around the corner. And if you're like me, you've already started your shopping list because I have four sisters and my parents and my friends and my coworkers, and I am very competitive when it comes to gift giving. So I've started a list of amazing stocking stuffers, and I have to tell you about one of them. It's called Print Fresh. It's a woman owned luxury sleepwear and lifestyle brand made for the lovers of pattern and seekers of whimsical. They recently launched their Print Fresh holiday shop, Just In Time, and it's a curated collection of cozy must have gifts for making the spirits bright. Created by textile designer and fashion entrepreneur, Amy Velotion, festive inspired prints are brought to life on organic cotton loungewear and statement-making home decor that is full of personality. When it comes to PJs, I've never really been a simpleton. I love something that feels bright and colorful. As I always say, I think color therapy when it comes to clothing is a real thing. And anytime I put on something bright, I immediately feel so much better. And whether you're shopping for your family, friends, or partner, give the gift of comfort, joy, and style. And shop early for the perfect printed present. They have sizes from extra small to 6X, free exchanges, and all new accessories. Holiday shopping has just been made effortless this year. Warm wishes and even cozier sleepwear are ahead. The perfect fun and festive style is just a click away, so be sure to explore the Printfresh Holiday Shop today. Go to printfresh.com backslash friend or use code friend for 15% off your first order. See what's in store for the season and snag your gift early. Again, that's printfresh.com backslash friend. Let's get back to the show. Is there a video that you can recall that you knew was like, this is huge? It totally changed the course of your career.
0: For sure. A video that I did actually was in Soho, not Washington Square Park. But I asked Mm. these two girls if they were popular or unpopular in high school. And the girl immediately was like, so unpopular. Like, no, (laughs) like I was so weird in high school. She just went on and on and on about how she wasn't cool. And It did so well. I think it now has, I think, 26 million views. Wow. Yeah.
1: I think it's because you ask questions that are so intimate to the human experience. I also think that not a lot of people have the opportunity to answer such intimate questions like that. Like when was the last time? I mean, I can't ask you when was the last time, but I don't remember the last time I maybe sat with a friend and they asked me, were you cool in high school? Or, you know, any of the intimate questions that you ask. I feel like there are things that we hold inside. And unless maybe we have the opportunity to talk about it with friends, we're never asked those questions. Ah,
0: I've never even thought about it that way. I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you.
1: I'd love to hear a little bit about what the like content progression has been because you've been at this for a year and a half now. And I always like to talk to other content creators about finding your niche, finding your audience and figuring out what works over the past year. Is there something specifically that you have realized, OK, this is what's working for my audience and you've been able to kind of hone in on that?
0: so many things have come and go with my show. And, and once something starts to not work as well, we kind of tend to like, you know, let it let it fade and right. let it die. But what I've noticed, what I started to do a lot was there's been a lot a of Washington Square Park interviewers now. When I go there now, there's like 15 other people that are doing. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's lots of microphones. Is uh, that weird for you? It's not weird because I didn't invent, you know, doing right. street interviews. But you know, it's it's a little awkward. You know, right. <laughs> a lot of them ask me to be on their show too. Sometimes I'm just like, oh, I'm okay. I don't know. But uh, I understand that. Yeah, yeah. But so one of the things I started to do once I saw that other people were doing kind of the same, asking similar questions as to what I was doing, and also in the same park as me, is I started to make the show a lot about myself too, a little bit. So I would ask people questions, and then I would be like, So what about me? What would you guess that my zodiac sign is? And just it's interesting to hear what a random stranger would think about somebody they have no idea right. or like, you know, I would. What, what have, I always would ask, what do you think of my outfit or what do you think of me? That's been really performing well recently when I've been, you know, integrating the show about myself as well, making it kind of my show. And then just trying to get as personal as possible has always just, you know, really worked. And also sometimes in the very beginning, we got into we did some negative stuff sometimes. And I'm not really a negative person, but sometimes it's what gets views, you know? Right. And so I, but I just started to feel like that wasn't me. So I was like, let's just make the show only positive stuff and only have the stranger just, you know, have have it be a positive video.
1: Yeah, I remember there was one video that you did where, oh God, the girl was so funny. She you asked her a question and then someone like tried to interrupt her, and she like grabbed the mic from you and she was like, No, 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 no. Now's my time. This yeah. is my time.
0: Uh-huh. Yes. And it
1: was just so illuminating. Back to the point we were both trying to make is like people want their stage more than you think.
0: Right. That video I asked her, I said, are you smart with your money? That's what I asked her. Yes, I remember that. And somebody got in the frame and she took the mic from me. But what's so funny is after I was chatting with her and we were talking, she went to NYU and she was like, I'm an actress and I want to do acting so bad. And, you know, I wanted this moment because I want to be on your show. I see I see the amount of views your show gets. I want I want that exposure. And I was like, oh, that makes me so happy.
1: Wow. That must feel pretty unreal to know that you give other people that platform.
0: It makes me so happy. I mean, it's it's really cool. I have had one girl got like 50,000 followers just from being tagged in my video. Wow. Very, very cool. I had a girl. Now she's on the that's AMA-
1: a, that could be a whole career.
0: Right. Yeah, I know. It's really it's honestly really, really cool. There's a girl now that I interviewed. Her name is Shelly. She's not on the amazing race right now. Okay, now
1: that's a career. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah,
0: Because <laughs> she was on my show. They, they saw her th- from my show. So it's, it's really cool that I can give people that platform.
1: Of course. I mean, so now we're talking about positive moments, but you have to have a really strong sense of confidence to be able to just go up to someone and ask them a question. I remember you saying in the beginning that you were a little bit scared to talk to strangers. Mm-hmm. What has that pro- process been like for you and gaining the confidence to go up and ask people things?
0: Yeah, I say that the show has literally I, I think the show for all of the confidence that I have now, because in the beginning I was I've always been a kind of a semi-confident person, but nothing like I am now. And kind of forcing myself to go out there. And, you know, I kind—I of, had my cameraman, it was just me and my cameraman, just like, you had to do this. I was getting paid. It was my job. Right. I had no other option. And so kind of forcing myself to do that kind of gave me the confidence to just keep going. And, you know, and also I think seeing the, I'd be lying if I said the reaction online, seeing the validation from, you know, all these views and likes obviously helps a lot. That was interesting. Interesting take to me. People have asked me like, how do have you gained so much confidence? Because I think I'm, I've changed a lot in the past like two years. And I'd be lying if I said it wasn't, you know, a lot of the validation from online. I mean, absolutely. That is 100% one of the main factors as to why I'm so confident now.
1: It is truly faking it till you make it.
0: Exactly. And I
1: hate to say that Mm -hmm. because I think some people will take it like in a slimy way. But I do think if you show up to work every day the same way that you would if you were a CEO or if you are yourself right now, it'll make all the difference. Like during COVID, I remember I would get up every single day and I would put on an outfit and I would put on makeup and I would go sit at my desk and pretend like nothing was wrong, mm-hmm. even though the world was falling apart. And I was faking it till I made it. I had no work. I w- was doing this show, but, you know, we were kind of just scraping along with it. And I really feel that if you can get up every day and, and act like the version of yourself that you want to be and mm-hmm. manifest that version of yourself that you want to mm-hmm. be, I think the confidence will come easier.
0: Absolutely. I think manifesting the the version, the life that you want and the version of yourself that you want. My gosh, it, it works. It really, really does.
1: Oh, you very much did that. Do you yeah. manifest a lot now?
0: Yes, I've always been. I didn't even realize how much I manifest, but I used to manifest. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. I used to manifest in like my childhood bedroom. I used to manifest like walking a red carpet. I would always do that. Like at nighttime or back night, <laughs> do that. And now I do that some, a lot now. So it's, it's really, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, that's crazy. I cannot believe that. And also outside of, on my trampoline, like out my, in my backyard when I was little, I used to pretend like I was the host of American Idol. That was what I always did. I would go back there and like pretend like I was Ryan Seacrest, like holding a microphone. Yeah.
1: Well, I can see that for you. Yeah, I can see that all now. It's amazing. You really did manifest it.
0: I know. Thank you.
1: When you see someone in the park, you're like, how are you like, I'm going to ask that person that question?
0: Yes. So there's so many different things to take into consideration before I go up to someone and me and my coordinator and my videographer kind of know exactly the kind of person that it takes and like we can all we all kind of work together. There's kind of like we have this like imaginary what's popping rule book of like things that we do that we know what to do and what kind of question to ask for a certain type of person. So color is always a great indicator of if somebody's wearing color, bright colors is always great. And if they're reading a book, that that means they're probably more mysterious or they they more are more serious. And like they want to talk more about something about their lifestyle or, you know, something about manifesting or, or quotes or zodiacs, maybe. But like if somebody's no, in a
1: cerebral, cerebral,
0: right? Or right. If somebody's in a bright, colorful outfit. then let's talk about the new Balenciaga collection. Let, let, let's dive into it. You know, it just depends on the way you present yourself. And I don't like that, really, because I don't like you don't like to judge a book by its cover. Right. But I mean, once you do the show for so long, you, you kind of can tell the kind of person that you're going to be talking to. We'll be
1: right back after the break. Have you ever wanted to leave a job but felt so intimidated by the search that you just gave up on it? Or maybe you're feeling really stuck at your current job or that it's just way too big of a risk to make a change. So many of us have felt that way, myself included, and so many of the guests that we've had on Friend of a Friend have felt that stuck feeling, which is why I want to tell you about a solution called Sabio. Sabio is a female-owned and operated coding bootcamp and developer community. At Sabio, you'll learn to code and gain real-life experience along the way because finding a job is actually built into the program. So you won't need to feel intimidated. In just 17 weeks of remote learning, yes, you can do it from home, you'll graduate from Sabio ready to start a real high-paying tech job. They've actually been voted best coding bootcamp by course report five years in a row. Sabio has alumni working at notable companies like Amazon, Microsoft, Google, and so many more. Plus, there are so many different types of jobs that you can go into, like a user experience designer or marketing specialist or even social media tech jobs. Plus, Sabio is extremely affordable. They even offer a Women in Tech scholarship with $5,500 off the total cost of tuition. There are so many opportunities for Women in Tech right now, but not enough representation. And so it's the perfect time to break into the industry with Sabio. Visit my special URL, sabio.la backslash friend, to learn how you can qualify for the $5,500 Women in Tech Scholarship. That's sabio.la slash friend. Don't wait. Go to sabio.la backslash friend today to learn more and start a new career. Now let's get back to the show. Do you think that journalism is a lot about reading people? Yes. Yes. Big time. Absolutely. Reading their energy, understanding how they're feeling.
0: The way you're walking, how fast you're walking, what you're doing. Are you on your phone? Are you looking up into the sky? Are you with a friend? Are you by yourself? I mean, there's so many different things. I kind of know my audience too of who will talk to me and who won't. I've really learned that over the age of 30, usually they will not talk to me. And I, I hate that because I want to I want to get an older opinion sometimes.
1: I want to get into TikTok a little bit yeah. because obviously you're someone who has achieved just enormous growth on there and you've built such a fun community. Can you talk a little bit about some strategies that you think that have worked for you in just building this really dedicated community on that platform?
0: Some strategies that have really worked for me when it comes to my TikTok, especially my personal TikTok as well, because I feel like they really know me for me, is just having their voices be heard. I feel like every single person, especially a commenter, everyone wants to be heard in any way, shape or form. So kind of opening up the conversation to the viewer has been the number one thing for me, whether it's on my show or on my personal platforms. Like when I'm getting, I'm doing a get ready with me. Should I wear this green top or this blue top? And mm. then everyone comments, you know, because they they want they want to give their opinion.
1: But what happens if you wear the wrong top and everyone voted for the other one?
0: Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> next time. Next time. next time, next time you'll get them next time. get them next time. But even with my show too, like a lot of times we'll post a video and somebody will give an opinion saying that they hate the the Gucci bag, but then but everyone in the comments is like, I love the Gucci bag, you know, everyone wants to talk. And I've learned that that is like the number one thing that has really helped with my growth and really helped with my engagement to get people going. And then also just, you know, being as personal, personal as possible. I try to really have boundaries with, you know, my private life, my public life. But I really like sharing a lot. I'm very open ended. I really don't keep much from my followers. I even love to, um, I would share all my dating stories if I could. I just feel bad for the guy, you know? I just feel bad for, I don't want him to see it. Right. But like, I would share. If if I could block the guy and have all my followers see my dating experiences, I would. But I sometimes when I post about my dating, I mean, it's it's crazy how much people get invested in it. I'm like, wow. I think people just like to hear, you know, kind of a maybe a taboo subject or like certain things that, you know, you wouldn't expect somebody with such a platform to be talking about.
1: I also think that, to me, the real gem of social media is that the most important thing I think in life that we can give to people around us, our friends, family, is just that acknowledgement and being able to see yourself in someone else. Mm -hmm. Being a mirror for other people has been something that I've found really validating in my career. You know, being able for someone to see on my feed, like, oh, wow, I went through the same thing, or, oh, I love this one thing, too, or even during COVID, we did a whole series about, like, calling your friends and keeping in touch and kind of keeping those little elements of humanity through the screen, I think, are where people really thrive and get excited to be a part of your world because it's what they're experiencing in their world, too. Right. Is there something that you've learned about yourself, especially in the past year of just garnering so much fame and attention?
0: I've learned that I am very motivated and it's very hard for me to, you know, relax and calm down. And that's probably one of the one of the hugest things I've noticed. I've also noticed that I'm very passionate about my work and I'm very passionate about, you know, making people laugh and putting a smile on people's faces. Yeah, that's probably what I've learned the most.
1: The yeah. entertainer mind. Yes. Definitely. For
0: sure, for sure.
1: I also get really fascinated by people's curiosity in general. And as a journalist, you have to be someone that is like innately asking questions all the time, innately curious about the random person on the street. Right. <laughs> and I think that that's like the most important thing For me that I learned as a journalist, but also that I've learned about myself as a person is like bringing that curiosity to everything that I do and asking those random questions to people while I'm sitting across the table from dinner. Like those things are so important.
0: What's so funny is I used to get not in trouble, but, but my parents growing up, I would go to the doctor and I would ask a million questions. Not about yourself. No, a little bit about myself, but a little bit not. I'd be like, so what happens in this situation? So what happens if the next patient were to come in and they had a cough, but they didn't have a runny nose? What would that be? You know, and I don't. What would that be? What what would that be? I don't know. It's just like a semi cold. Yeah, semi cold, I guess. And my dad would be like, stop. Stop asking so many questions. Oh, my God. I'm I'm always asking questions. I
1: am. <laughs> I'm sure your parents are thrilled now you made a career off of asking questions.
0: Yes, they are. What <laughs> Finally, is... <laughs> you can stop asking us and start asking others. You well, know? now
1: you can't get in trouble for it because you're right. like, guys, sorry. It's my like, job. My I job. have to ask
0: questions. It's so it's important. My...
1: So I want to know, you are someone who is it, totally in the mix in New York. You work with all the most incredible brands and doing branded content. And you're obviously out in the street all the time. I have to ask you now, what's popping for you? Like, what is cool to you right now living in the city, being someone so in the mix of all the culture?
0: What's cool to me, right now, I love, I love Ganni. The brand Ghani. is we my love Ghani. We love Ghani, My fave. They're um,
1: such a great brand. And Copenhagen is the coolest place ever.
0: Copenhagen is the coolest place ever. Yeah. I get all of my fashion inspo from Danish fashion. Yep. And like the main thing for me is I love to to, uh, to do like a casual shoe with a nice outfit. That's what a lot of people do in, in Copenhagen, and that's I'm kind of bringing that to New York a little bit. Yeah, like you're wearing like a a, a sneaker with a with like a blazer. It's just so
1: fun. Love that. It's
0: like, where are you going? Where yeah. are you off to? Absolutely. What else is cool? Been, I went to Temple Bar, which is like apparently Ooh, this really Temple cool bar is awesome chic bar, and. I didn't have a reservation and I talked to the guy at the door and, and he was like, hi. I was like, I don't have a reservation, but I'd love to come in. And he let me and my friend in and we went. Amazing. And it was a great night. It was so chic. Also, the word chic is so in right now. It we is. Use it for everything. It's always been in. It's always <laughs> been in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, More than ever, what? we say everything is chic. Yeah. Yep.
1: Temple Bar is definitely chic. I'll give you that. Beyond chic. Love that. <laughs> what is your best advice for anybody who wants to grow a career on any social media platform?
0: I would say if you want to do it for your job and you want to be successful, treat it like your job from the very beginning, from the moment you start, you should treat it like your job, because if you treat it as a little side hustle that you that comes and goes and you post a few times a week or you post a lot one day and then not the next, it's not going to go anywhere. I think you really have to invest your time. And I promise you, you'll find your audience because no matter what you talk about, there's an audience out there that will like what you do.
1: I think that's amazing advice. Thank you. This was so much fun. Thank you. I I had so
0: much fun. Good. I'm so
1: glad. And we had our cute little kismet meet cute on the street.
0: I know. (laughs) Which was so crazy. I was literally
1: driving here. We were like, you know, 30 minutes out from recording. And I see this like gorgeous blonde hair in a car pulling up to a stop sign. And I'm like getting into my car to come here. And I'm like, is that Davis going to our podcast and i'm going to the podcast now and of all places that we could run into each other we're going to run into each other on this tiny street corner turning I mean, right onto sunset boulevard
0: i love it roll down the window hello and i appreciate you call- calling me gorgeous blonde hair i really love that i
1: mean it was instantly recognizable i was like that has to be him.
0: thank you it was amazing is that very common in la to run into people like that no okay
1: that's why you brought the New York to LA. Brought
0: the New York to LA because it's very common. You run into everyone in New York of on the course. street every, every that's day. That's why I would go? go
1: for walks. I'd be like, I feel like being social today.
0: I love it. Yeah, oh my God. So well, Bringing the New York to LA. I know.
1: <laughs> Make sure you guys go on TikTok and watch What's Popping show. It's amazing. Thank you so much for being here.
0: Thank I you so for I so appreciate having me. it.